0: this is existential the podcast that reminds us that we're human first before we're anything else and from that place we can hear each other's stories and experiences as we wrestle with issues of justice faith and culture i'm your host Corey leek thanks for listening up, oh, so folks, this is Corey and I'm here with Allie Henney, who is an incredible writer, um, a mom and a wife, an uh, incredible person. And she has been speaking out on issues of race and culture and religion and justice for a very long time. And I've just been really intrigued by the things I've seen from her. And I just feel really blessed that she was willing to come on the podcast. So Ali, thanks for being on.
1: Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here.
0: Yeah, like I'm, I'm stoked to talk to you. I love what I've been seeing from you. You have a podcast called Combing the Roots. Now, can you talk about like where that comes from? Like, what is the, what's the ethos of that name and the podcast, and like how you, you know, how you use that to uh, engage people in conversation?
1: So I guess almost two years ago now, I um. Had I'd been thinking about podcasting, some um, it, it had been something that was kind of, kind of feeling a nudge to do. It It was kind of on on the back burner and whatever of something to do. And so um, I I have some friends that 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 podcast and everything. And so I approached them with it. Just I, I pitched a couple of ideas. I pitched an idea uh, to them um, of a friend, a, a friend of mine who um, is he's a white dude that is like in his late forties, I think. Um, and like we we have been doing some facebook lives and stuff and kind of like but because we have just such different perspectives um different generations different whatever and so those those had been kind of kind of popular and stuff um in in some of the circles and stuff that we that we were in so i pitched that idea um and then um i'd also pitched the idea of a, of a solo podcast so they were like you know yeah let, let's let's try the solo uh podcast and so I was like, okay, cool. And so the so the name and kind of some of the ethos and stuff behind combing the roots. Um, it I, I talk about in one of my my preview episodes. Talked about like how my my grandmother. Um, Whenever I was a whenever I was a little girl, I remember there was one time we were getting ready for a, a big revival at her church, and um, I had done my hair, and I was, I was I think I was in fourth grade. I did my hair. I thought my hair looked cute, and I popped out the bathroom, and my grandma just looked at me like. No, you ain't like you ain't going out here with your head looking like that to to this revival. And so she She's sat me down. With me looking like that. Like, like is that right? She's just like, no, we're like like this. We ain't doing this. This ain't this ain't it. And so, um, so she sat me down with it with a big jar of TCB hair food, and. Okay. Yes. And she combed through my hair. And like, see, at the time, like I had a jerry curl, and this was, this would have been like 1995. Jerry curls were not, were not even popping in 1995. But my mom insisted, insisted (laughs) that I be one of Jerry's kids. I was one of Jerry's kids up until like 1990. I I was a Jerry's kid from like 1992 to 1997. It was, it was, it was not a good time. It was not a good
0: time. I mean, I was getting S curls up until like 99, 2000. So I, w- I would go buy the kit and put that S curl in my hair and use that gel. So, I mean, you know, I think we all were, I think we all held on to the curl. For we held on time. to the
1: curl like way longer than we, <laughs> yeah, we, than did. we. we uh, did. There were some of us that, that held on to it. <laughs> Wait, I, I didn't want to hold on to it. I was I, like, my cousins and stuff would make fun of me. Like I did not want to hold on to that curl. But my mom was like, no, we, this is what we're and I'm just like, oh help me so anyway so my grandma she gets it she gets the hair food and whatever so she's combing my hair and she's just like you gotta you gotta comb your hair down to the root uh my grandma my grandma was from um she grew up in west central missouri and so like she she always had these these uh, Mm. pronunciations that were just i think generational pronunciations that that we we don't use um sure but my but she she would say like like i would say root i think most of my cousins would probably say root but she would say root and she's like you gotta comb (laughs) your hair down to the root and so she's just and so she's just combing my hair and like my head feels like it is on fire and i mean my, my my head was laid after that but i but like this idea of of combing the roots where it's like that joint was painful okay like that like mm. that hurt like her mm. like her parting my hair and combing it down that hurt but then after she did all that it felt good my hair looked good i felt good i was popping for the revival it was great mm. and mm. so this idea that in that there are conversations that we have that are hard conversations that can be very difficult that can even hurt and it can hurt the person giving the conversation, the person that's having to to say the hard things. And it can also hurt the person that is having to receive the hard things. But at the end of the day, um, it's, it's something that that kind of makes us all better. So that's kind of the the ethos behind, behind that.
0: Oh, that's, that's, that is an incredible story. Amazing uh, idea and symbolism for, the type of work that you're doing that I try and do when it comes to having these conversations that people don't like having, you know, and, and I, I, you know, I've got three daughters and, um, I never really learned how to do their hair. You know, I, I, like, I I think I eventually got to the point where I could put their hair in a ponytail, but I never learned how to do it, but I watched my (laughs) wife do it for a long time. And, and she, you know, what, what a couple of our kids were, had very sensitive heads. You know, they, they're so it would be re- they would cry mm-hmm. through getting their hair done. But, you know, it was it was necessary. It had to be done. And I right. think when it comes to the conversations that we're talking about having about race, about culture, about diversity, about gender, about uh, sexuality, all of these conversations are not easy conversations to have. But, you know, we got to have them anyway. And, yes, and that's true. that's. That's really dope. I love. I love that. I love that. So I saw speaking on your Facebook, I saw um, a post um, where you were talking about um, people be, grieving people who could not fully love you, like people who like were in your life um, and and you know would say they love you or were, were down for you, but like ultimately. What I read from that, and you tell me if I'm wrong. What I read from that was there are people who've been in your life who were cool with with Allie being a certain way, but the deeper you got into things that you are really passionate about, really believe in, those people uh, could no longer go with you on your journey. Is that is that kind of what this post was? Oh
1: yeah, that's that's 100. That's that's nothing okay. but facts. Like that's okay. <laughs> that you 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 discern that. <laughs> Like 100%.
0: <laughs> so can, <laughs> you, can, you talk about that? can you talk about that process? Because I think all of us, uh, certain, I, I don't know a Black person, certainly not a Black person who comes from sort of evangelical backgrounds, who has started to speak their truth, who has not had people go, you're too much for me now, or all you ever want to talk about is race. Like, can you talk about your experience with that and people like that?
1: So yeah, so I have to actually you know kick it all the way back. So I, I mentioned earlier that I grew up in Missouri. So I I grew up in in rural Missouri, um, in mm. a, in a context that was very 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 white. With yep. the time that the, the little town that I grew up in during the time that I grew up there, it was no no less than ninety five percent white. So Jeez. I so I I grew up there. Um I was I I I was pretty much born and raised there. And then whenever I went off to college, I went off to college in a city that once again was whenever whenever I first moved there um was about 95 to 97% white. And I think Mm. that the the diversity, quote unquote, has increased a little bit, Um, but it's still around, I I think the city's probably still somewhere around, you know, 90% white or something like that. Mm, So, oh, so my, my life has been spent in white contexts, Mm -hmm. but then that's coupled with my, my family, my family's black. Now, um. I have white relatives on my side of the family. Um, there's, there's actually there's a lot of us in my in my family who who are married interracially. My my husband is is white. Um, we, my I have a cousin um, who who married a lady who's white. Um, my my cousins, several of them have have partners and stuff that are white and have children okay. um, that are that are biracial and everything. Okay. Um, but my family is still a black family and it's still it's still very right much a uh, black context and even more so um whenever i was growing up and even the little community that i grew up in there was a black community there and so um because of seg- because of the legacy of segregation and all of that um we had our own church or churches i think mm. that, that there ended mm. up being multiple churches by by the time um, i graduated high school but we but we had our own churches we had our own park we had um, our own, our own like little neighborhoods in, in this town. And so, um, I, I, my grandma uh, helped raise me. My mom was, a, was a single parent. And, uh, for most of the time that I was, that I was growing up and, um, uh, my grandma, I grew up in an extended family, my grandma, my aunties, um, ha- older cousins and stuff helped raise me. And so I grew up in this con in, in this world where, um, where my grandma lived, uh, her, her neighborhood was all of our, all the neighbors were black there might have been a white lady that lived over there for like a hot mm. minute whenever i was growing up but everybody everybody was black whenever we went to church everybody was black everything was black so then it was like and i've talked to some some of my friends and some of my cousins who who then we, I, i've had this conversation with several of my several of my friends and cousins people that i grew up with that it's like we grew up in, the, in this context right and then you go to school and everybody's white like yeah. every, every yeah. single, every single person is white. And in fact, I did not have a black teacher that, um, until, until I was in college and I've actually, I'm uh, Almost done with a master's degree, and I've never had a black woman as a teacher. Um, my wow. mom is a teacher, and I've had, and, and I've not ever had her wow. like for official school stuff. Like I've had her for like Sunday school. She is a speech pathologist, so she was at my school growing up, but I didn't, my mom was a speech pathologist, and so I didn't need wow. speech because I didn't can have we, speech pathology. Can we but,
0: stop there for just a yeah. second? Because what you just said is so important for people to hear, and I don't want to move too fast past it because I've actually never had a black teacher in school in my life. Wow. And and so what you just said is so profound. And, and when you said you've still never had a black woman as a teacher, like it's, you know, that's an amazing thing to me. And, and I think that's like part of the, part of combing the roots is is talking about like how that, that experience for white folks, white folks don't have experiences where you would where they could say in America, I've never had a white teacher.
1: Right. I've never had anybody that that looked like me. Like right. that's that's really, really super deep. And so whenever you think about being in a context Where you're not represented, where people, where all the people in authority don't look like you, where, where you're not just a minority, but you're what I call like a super minority where it's like, there are (laughs) few people that look like you. So I I did the math one time and basically like it's being outnumbered 50 to one. Like, so, so for every one black person in my context, there are 50 white people and Damn. so and so the the town that i grew up in um was hovered somewhere around around 10,000 um people and so um Like that's, that's a thing. And so then to, so then to have that and then to come into a a college context, again, where everybody is or everyone around you is white. And campus was a little bit more diverse because there were, there's a lot of international students and stuff who would come, um, tons, tons of international students. And then um, a lot of, a lot of people from um, some of the cities from from kansas city and st louis and 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 different places that were that were a bit more diverse would be there so campus was a little bit more diverse um and and the teachers there depending on your department i was a psychology major and a religious studies minor but i was really a religious studies major but i didn't i never declared it but i took all the classes Mm. um Mm. but but like most of my most of my teachers um, were white i i could probably count on one hand um all of the teachers who were non-white um all the professors and stuff that that uh through 125 30 something credit hours of college i can count on one hand the numbers of teachers that i had um that were the number of professors that i had that were non-white so i say all that to, wow. to make this to make this point because i'm answering your question but i was somebody that that in in being is kind of in this weird space intention of being fully aware of my blackness and having a black yeah. racial identity, which which sometimes people that come up in those types of contexts, um, I think especially people I, I grew up somewhat middle class. And so mm-hmm. um, sometimes people that that uh, grow up middle class or upper middle class that come up in white contexts, they they don't have a black identity. Like they don't have a yeah. black racial identity. And what I mean by that is like they know that they're black. They know that black people exist. Like that's not not a thing. but but they're but they don't necessarily identify with black people or necessarily identify with black culture, um because, and there's a lot of reasons why we could what that we could go into as to as to why that is. Um, but I had a black identity and was in touch with my culture. But then I realized that my identity and culture that I had at home and among my family was different than what I could mm. be whenever mm. I was with the white folks. And this was something I, I mentioned I was married interracially. This is something mm. that that, be, that that became really apparent to me after I got married. Um, I, I always tell this story about how I, there's a point, very, 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 very early, probably within the first six months of our marriage, I realized, like, man, I feel like, I, like, I could not relax around this dude. Like, what is it? And so I realized wow. that, like, I, like, I couldn't fully, ex- like, I could not verbally fully express myself because of, of, like, the, the slang, the vernacular, the stuff that 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 I would that right. I would use to to communicate right. things. Right. I could I was having to constantly like try to translate it into white terms and try to in the best I can oh, wow. translate wow. it. So then so then you're in like this this context of like you know kind of the most intimate relationship that, that you can have is is with a spouse. And it's like I right. can't like I feel like I can't communicate with you. And it wasn't, it wasn't anything that he was doing. It was no kind of pressure that he put right. on me, but it was just it was just something in my brain was automatically like, oh, he's white. And so like I have to like talk a certain way around yeah. him. So finally I was just like I was like, look. <laughs> you are going to have to learn <laughs> you're like I'm going to say things and you're going to have to learn what they mean and so right. like you're going to like you're going to so so like I like I'm going to try to explain it and so and so it's just and he's just like oh okay <laughs> not really <laughs> like not really understanding but just like um okay so then it's just like you know so I'm just like I'd like like I have to talk the way that I talk at home and so he's just like Oh, okay like uh, all right, fine all right. and not, <laughs> not realizing what that what that fully meant um yeah. but then I realized like okay like I like there's a whole different way that I carry myself there's a whole different way that I communicate whenever I'm talking to black people and talking to a black audience versus yeah. um that that co-switching that you that you do versus yes. versus with white people and so yeah. this idea of so, so I realized because it was something because like I said I, I I hammer the point of being in such a white context that it's something that for me, it was automatic and ingrained and i didn't even I didn't even realize it like i didn't mm-hmm. it wasn't something it wasn't something that any that somebody ever said like this is what you have to do it was something that I just knew <laughs> it
0: yeah, was something yeah. like I
1: can't, I can't ever pinpoint the the day or the time, I mean, you know, maybe I would see my mom, see it whenever my mom would talk and would talk to, I, I have no, I have no idea really how to pinpoint it, but it was something that I knew about. So as soon as I realized this, and so I would have been, you know, probably about 20 years old, I re- like, I realized, like, man, like, I, like, like, I like I change like and it's not like I'm a different person but I just I don't know I didn't really have language for it then but I was just Mm -hmm. like huh and so and so a lot of my a lot of my uh, early 20s and stuff was kind of spent deconstructing that Mm -hmm. and trying to and a lot of people you know don't realize that you know I'm I'm, I'm gonna be 35 this year I think that, that there's a lot of people that are just now kind of coming to this to this awareness I'm thankful um that that I that I had this became to this awareness um so so young but then it's like whenever you realize that you that you whenever you stop code switching and you mm. really realize like okay like I'm just I'm not gonna live this code switched existence anymore and then couple that then with with kind of um as, as everything with with Trayvon happened and then Ferguson and then then that was like really the thing that really I mean Trayvon was a thing but that was but but Ferguson was the thing that it just that it just opened this whole like Pandora's box of whiteness Mm. and racism and whatever um i think especially in in christians which was a horrific thing to watch and so i realized that like I'm in this existence where I can't sit here and like code switch. I, I I can't I can't not talk about this because this is something that affects me and it affects yes. my people. And so there were yes. a lot of people early on that decided that they didn't that they didn't want to have it once once they realized that like they couldn't sit and try to do because to do, like like you, you know how white folks is like they'll be like they'll they'll they try to sit that's what they are they, they, the they tender headed exactly yeah. they'll <laughs> sit no and they'll say little things like oh but you know you know I you, but you're you're a better person than this like I remember somebody actually mm. like saying that to me. And it, and it hurt. It was like me saying that I deserve, that Black Lives Matter and that I deserve dignity does not make me a bad person. It's not, like, it's not like, it's not like, like, like you're acting like I'm going off, like on some like horrid tangent about right. something that, that right. is like, I, I can't even like think of anything, but like, I, but th- like somehow I have fundamentally become a, so like for people that I recognize is that like, I fundamentally became a different person to some people. Right. But what they right. didn't realize is like, this is the person that, that I am. This is the person that I've been since you've, since you've known me. It's just that there wasn't anything at that point to, to, to talk about. There wasn't, there wasn't anything, yeah. there wasn't anything that was, that was right there in front of our, in front of our faces. Because I, I remember being yeah. you know a, a young 20 and being like, hey, there's this stuff that's, that's happening. Hey, like, you know, this is, this is kind of racist, whatever. And people and or like, oh, I kind of feel, I kind of feel weird about this because whatever. Oh, it's not because you're black. Oh, it's not Whatever. There's, there's just stories right. that I could, there's, there's horror stories right, right, right. and I could go yep. into yep. in being in, in, being in white, in white church context specifically, but it was just like whenever, yes. whenever I was old enough, cause I mean at that, whenever, whenever Ferguson happened, um, I would have been 29, uh, years old. And so at that point, um, I mean, 29 real, I mean as you get older you're kind of like oh that's not really like that person's still a kid <laughs> um but but 29 i mean real if for real but at 29 i mean i i was i was married had been married for like almost uh, 10 years at that point yeah. had uh, had a kid um had an infant at that point had had to pay a mortgage and had bills to pay we i was full, fully I was a full-grown full, 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 full full adult grown and was just yeah. full just a full-grown a full adult and i'm just like yeah. no i like like y'all can't put me into this box like y'all can't say like y'all can't put me in this walk so so these so these last several years have have been walking a journey and watching people it's like being on a train and watching people get off the train and you start Mm. out and the train's full and everybody's like yeah you know hey we ride with you Allie. like it's like it's all good and then the train keeps going and you you stop at more stops and more folks keep getting off the train and just something yeah. that the, even the thing that kind of that kind of triggered that is um realizing like i'm from kansas i'm from kansas city and uh chiefs won oh, the Super Bowl yes <laughs> now see I, have, yeah. I, have to, I, have to, I can't stop though I, i'm a bandwagon chiefs fan um you know the, the pittsburgh steelers you, you are my are my team um, okay. but but right. but that's home that's my home team so so I, <laughs> I was there they they ratchet in a lot of ways um but but i'm there but the thing that kind of triggered this whole thing that triggered that status is i have because like i said mean you know from from where i'm from and know a lot of chiefs fans so there's just there's this one uh, particular group of people that um Somebody had posted like a video or something like that uh, from their little Super Bowl party gathering, and they're panning the room as everybody is celebrating, and I'm and I'm looking at the people in that room, and I'm seeing like that person like like, and not to say you know, that social media is like the center of my whole entire life, but just thinking about like that person defriended me on Facebook, that person defriended me on Facebook that person doesn't follow me anymore. That person sent me a nasty inbox message. Like wow. And just and just looking and seeing like, okay, like I'm still quote unquote friends with with certain people. So that's why so that's why I even see the post. But just realizing like there's a po- so I just I, so I just kind of had like this weird moment where I was like, there's a point in time whenever, these, whenever the people in this room would have been like, oh, Allie, yeah, we love her. Oh yeah, she rocks. She's so great. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, you know, she really rocks it with the teenagers and youth ministry. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. realize that like these people, these people, like I, for whatever reason, they they remove me from their life. And yeah. they had something harsh to say about me, and they they said different things, and I realized that because because and I think that the, that the difficult part of that too is that for me and the door still is is open, but it's like people that they decided to to remove me because mm-hmm. they didn't like what I had to say. Now they were saying and doing stuff that was racist, and they got called out on it, mm-hmm. and didn't Mm. and didn't like it but but the paradox is like I was willing to I was willing to love them even whenever they said things that were hurtful and and did things that were hurtful to me I was willing to still love them and value our friendship and say okay there's this there's this one area that that is an issue but I still but but like I still love you but you're going to you're Mm going to cancel me and dis- and discontinue yeah. me, and say and say like I like I just I can't support you anymore. I can't I can't whatever. Mm-hmm. If, if this is if this is how you're gonna be, I can't whatever. And it's like. And it's, and it's, and so I, I don't know, like, like, I probably, I pro- probably said too much. I mean, in some ways I said it's not like they're ever going to listen to this, but it's just like, <laughs> but it's just, but, but, it's just, but, but, but I kind of am like, oh man, so my friends, I wonder who, if they're, if they're going to, if they're going to know um, who I'm talking I mean, about it's, now. It's just but... so
0: like, it's so, it's such a sad thing, you know, because I think we've all, like I said, all of us who have ever decided to speak our truth when that truth is polarizing, have experienced people who were like, "I can't walk this journey with you and it's and and they and it's almost as if I think there are some white folks who believe that because we're outspoken about things that are promoting the the health and well-being of black people that we no longer care about white people and so therefore we don't care if they unfriend us it doesn't hurt us it doesn't bother us
1: well. <laughs> That's the word. Speak a word, brother. Speak a word.
0: <laughs> but it's just so like it's, it's so dehumanizing to like to think that because I now am more outspoken about Black Lives Mattering, that all of a sudden we can't be in relationship because you think I'm now just some angry person who just, you know, wants to yell and shout about things. And everything I say is shouting. Everything I say is angry. As if being angry, A, is a criminal offense when you're facing oppression. And B, as if everything I say is angry when it's not.
1: Well, or as if anger isn't the right emotion for what's happening either.
0: Exactly. Like, what what would you feel in my situation? That's crazy. But, you know, the thing about
1: it, too, is that there's, there's, I kind of honestly feel objectified. And what Mm. I mean by that is, and I'm I'm just going to, I'm just going to kind of let it all somewhat hang out here is, is being in contexts that claim to be multiracial, that claim to be multicultural, that claim that, that, that that people even using the words of, you know, they want to be anti-racist and blah, 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 blah. And seeing black bodies collected like trophies, like, like, ooh, this is like, like, mm. I, I, I just, there, there, there became a point when I did not question the authenticity of, of, there are people that I, there are people who have rejected me that I think mm. are sincerely good, kind, loving people that genuinely care about people. Like they, like, right. like they generally do. They genuinely do but there is this objectification of black and brown people that they do not fully see black and brown people as full people mm. and they would argue up and down with me mm. about this but at the end of at the end of the day it's hard for me to believe that certain people don't don't see us as full people whenever and, and the reason why I say that is that we become like these accessories and, I, and I've seen so many people oh, that yeah, that, yeah, it be, yeah. that we become we become their accessories and so it's yeah. like it's like oh yeah I have I have you know this this Latina friend and I have this black friend and I have this friend who's biracial and I have this friend who's multiracial and I have whatever and we're just and we're just there for their photo opportunities and we're there for mm. their oh you know oh we love this person and oh they're so great but then as soon as you start being black like they like they want you and they want your skin they want your body they want to feel they 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 want to feel like well, we look we care about diversity but they don't want your culture they don't they don't want your black opinion they don't mm. want your black speech or they want it they want to appropriate it so they so they'll use they'll use your 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 slang and stuff in their church promotional materials mm. but they don't but they don't fully value black people <laughs> But it's but it's so true. And I and I see this in and I'm not just trying to pick on like one specific group of people, even though right. there's there's names that I could call out. Yeah. Um but it is but I see where black culture by the white evangelical hipster pallet wood having graphic mm. design, skinny jean, mm. plaid plaid shirt tied around their waist wearing group of Christians is we want black culture. To make us look cool and hip and relevant, like we we want we want to. So yeah, you know we'll be like, what's up? And ooh, look at this! Oh, where my where my people at? Oh, we out here! Oh, we doing this? We doing that? And it's they want that.
0: Yeah. They they
1: they want the flat bill hat turned to the side with the big uh-huh. letters on it. Emma they Jordan's. they want to have they they, they they want to have the 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 rap music or the the mm. the R&B music R&B church music playing in the background they even mm. will want to sing some of the songs that we sing but then whenever it comes to black people actually showing up and being black then that becomes then that becomes too much. And it becomes, well, well can well can you tone it down a little bit? Well well but you know I because you're so outspoken about this, I really I, I really can't put you in front of people because blah 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 blah. And that is so like that's so dehumanizing. That is so objectifying. And so whenever I see people who have discarded me because of that, because, because they, because I made them, I made them feel uncomfortable or because they, I said things that they did, that they disagreed with, or I said it in ways that they disagreed with it because they, they uh, being traded for people who make them feel more comfortable in their whiteness. And it just, it just is like this, it, 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 like, I, I I don't even know. Like I I, I want to be kind. I want to be fair, and I hope that nobody thinks that that somehow you know I'm trying to trying to come after people and be and be rude and disrespectful. But it just really comes down to it for me. It's like it's it's really it's it's really hard to it's been really hard to trust the authenticity of uh, uh, the authenticity of a lot of white Christians because. I, I see my culture in their spaces be com- commodified. I see the teach. I, I see the the preacher with it with the skinny jeans and the Jordans and the flat bill hat and yeah. and whatever talking about bling and talking and, and quoting yes. rap songs and everything like this and, and oh I'm oh I'm such a gangster and blah 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 <laughs> and like 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 oh like like because 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 you can you can you can. Uh, you know, rap the 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 words to Dre Day. You think that you're awesome, or you can you can you can rap all of gin and juice, and so you and so you think that you that you it, and like that. I, I've seen that level of commodification in my culture, but not that level of love for Black people and love for their yes. Blackness. But it's like we want to police yes. people's Blackness. Now, to be fair, I've also seen people in some in some of those similar contexts say like. We are not okay with confederate flags in in, in, our, in our building, please. if you're going to show mm. up don't don't okay. do it i've seen yeah. people I've seen people take some of those stands, but I feel like that whenever i i've seen i I've seen pastors i've seen I've seen leaders not fully um aid and abet racism or not aid in abet the fullness of of racism but i I say all that just to say that i that that you know, i come to this point where I realized that. There are people that it's not even. I mean, I can't say that I that I haven't changed because I think that we all change. I think that if you don't change, you die. I think that if you yeah, sure. that if you don't if you're not growing, if you're if you're not going through a process of growth and change, then then what are you doing? But I've been at this point where where I, I see fewer and fewer people being able to make the journey with me and Mm. it is and i think that the part of it for me that is that 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 is the hardest is that whenever people have communicated with me about not being able to make the journey with me it is always it's almost categorically been there's something wrong with you Mm. not that maybe there's some things that i still need to work on that's happened like rarely like, usually it is, Allie, there's something wrong with you. You're, mm. you're going off the deep end. You're this and that and the other. It's never, you know what, like, I have some issues. I have some yeah. things that maybe I need to work on. Maybe yeah. maybe, uh, maybe I am racist and I'm not ready to deal with the level of racism that I have. Yeah. It's no, there's yeah. something wrong with you 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 are saying things that are that are biting and accusing of white people, and you're the problem um because i'm not I'm not racist. I couldn't possibly be racist, so it's you that's the problem you yeah, you're, you're right. dividing people. you should be uniting people instead of dividing people, and your words are divisive and they're biting and they're cutting, and your rhetoric is is a problem blah 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 blah. That's the stuff that that's the type of stuff that people go yeah. off on. They never want to look at themselves and say, "You know what? Maybe." I am the problem. Maybe yeah. the words that you're saying are hitting me and maybe it's not that there's an issue with them, but maybe it's maybe your words are burning me and maybe yeah. it's burning away some of the dross in me. Maybe wow. it's burning. Maybe it's burning away some of the chaff that's in me. Mm. Um, yeah. Maybe it's for, 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 for the non-churchy folk out there, because I'm, I'm referencing scripture here, but maybe it's burning out some of the impurity that's it that's Mm -hmm. in me and Mm -hmm. so maybe it's just like whenever you have a cut and you you uh bump up with that neosporin or you bump up up with that peroxide and alcohol which you're not supposed to do anymore fyi (laughs) don't do that it can break your skin and like whatever you're not supposed to do that but we're still doing that it's not that like oh man maybe maybe that junk like if this hurts but it's cleaning it out like It's just like, oh no, this is this hurts so this is a problem. So like, you know, it's like yeah. I feel like I'm I'm like, like I'm coming up here with with the neosporin and stitches and like saying like, mm-hmm. you know, hey, you have this wound here. I like, like, like the, the, this is going to hurt. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's not going right, to hurt. I'm right, not right, saying right. that it's not, that it's not going to bother you. But at the end of the day, like I, I'm here with the TCB and the comb and, and like, we're, like, we're going to comb some of this stuff out. Like yeah. we're we going to comb your head out. It's going to hurt, but your edges is going to be laid at the end. It's not, <laughs> it's not that it's, it's, well, no, like what you fundamentally, like, like you are fundamentally the problem. I can't possibly yeah. be the po- problem. You are the problem. Well, and, and... it's not
0: just you there. They're so, so I, as you were talking, I was thinking about um, this idea that, that you find in scripture about two or three witnesses mm. and Mm-mm. you know, th- that you see this sort of repeated theme. And then Jesus goes on to say where two or three are gathered that I'd be there. It's this idea of agreement. Okay. So, you and I are having this conversation and I am bearing witness to everything you're saying. And I know there's several other folks that I've talked to on the podcast, I've talked to in person, talked to on social media who also bear witness, which should suggest to any person, because I think you and I are just sort of, when we talk about our friendship circles, a lot of that's evangelical white Christians. It should be an indication to any Christian that there is something to what's being said when there are two or three witnesses all saying the same thing, all in agreement. So it's not like it's just Allie, or it's just Corey, or it's just Andre Henry, or it's just any, anyone else that's been outspoken about things. It's it's several witnesses, and you would think that people would go, um, "There's something to this that I need to listen to," but for whatever reason, I don't know if, it, if I don't know if, it, if it's the pain, if it's discomfort, maybe it's this idea of racism that people like. It's such a stinging term that people want to r- run away from it, you know? And I, I get that, but it's, it is fascinating to me that that so f- it seems like so few people will just pause and be like, I've heard this a couple of different times from a couple of different people. Maybe I should so, listen to it.
1: So I have a theory about this. All right. And it's a theory that I think is going to make some folks mad, but I'm just going to say it. It's probably some home cooking but okay. I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go ahead go and ahead. say it. Go ahead. So I think that that whenever we can, we could talk about outside the church. But uh, but since we talk about the church, we just gonna talk about the church.
0: Let's just talk about.
1: It. I I think I think that we we gonna talk about the church I feel like that the church we have to get our stuff in order. For we sure. have to get our house in order before we can even say anything to anybody who's outside the church. Like Absolutely. we have to get our stuff together because the church, especially the white church, has lost a whole lot of credibility on a whole lot of things but that but i digress so so th- that that wasn't the point that i was trying to make but that point was still preach so what i think is that whenever we're talking specifically some of these some of these white um evangelical spaces and i have to i have to come in and say that that i am not an evangelical. Um, I, I guess I'm, I'm really not now. I, right, th- right. I have never really, um, I, I, I am a member of the, of the Episcopal church. So the Episcopal okay. church is not evangelical. Um, <laughs> um, but okay. I, but I Pentecostals, I grew up Pentecostal. People argue about whether Pentecostals, um, are evangelical. We kind of are, but we're kind of not. Um, it's, I think any more are, I think that that in the last, uh, you know, 20, 30 mm-hmm. years that the, 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 the. Um, evangelical political agenda has also pulled in Pentecostals technically um, Pentecostals Mm. have been represented in evangelicalism Um, the Assemblies of God was part of the national I think was a founding member of the NEA and if they weren't they were in there like in the second round of folks that was added to it but anyway um, I think that in these spaces, but I've, I've been evangelical adjacent for the last like ten way, or fifteen it's years. No. However, longest been um, um I, I've been I've been adjacent, but I grew up in the black church. I've been, but I've been adjacent to to whiteness and these and these white Christians. And the thing that I think the reason why I think some of these folks reject the two or three witnesses is because it's black folks, it's brown folks in there that are undoing the work that people like us have been doing so it's really easy because this, here's something about whiteness is I, I see white folks do this all the time white women are particularly egregious in this area if there's something that's even remotely racial racially questionable they will ask a, a person of color is this offensive is this, is this is this offensive like you know i don't really mean it that way so you know like i'm just i'm just really trying to figure this out could you could you help me and they'll ask if it's offensive and if they're told oh yeah you know honey ooh, girl don't do that they will go to the next black or brown person and mm. ask and mm. they will and they will keep going down the line until they reach somebody who can okay who will okay and who will sign off on their racism and say oh no I you I know that you didn't mean to be racist I know that that's whatever so there is a, and, and so and so it's not, I don't want to blame bra- black people for our own impression I don't want to do that but mm-hmm. there is a felt pressure in yeah. these circles you yeah. lose you lose influence you lose credibility you you lose position you lose power you lose you lose people coming and patting you on the head like oh oh you're great oh girl you rock it you you've rocked that oh you're a rock star you 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 lose that credibility with people that's i'm just saying that's how they talk and i'm not like i'm really not trying to be facetious well maybe i am being a little bit facetious but but i mean i'm just i'm just really like using the, the vernacular of the people for sure. That's that's that's, For sure. that's, 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 that's ha- that that is how right, they talk. I'm, be-
0: I'm bearing witness to it. I've, I've <laughs> that's heard that's it. how
1: they that's how they yeah. talk yeah. about yeah. it, and it's yeah. just and it's just like oh you know, you're, you're a superhero man like oh you're just so you're just so great and that and so you you lose that you lose you lose mm-hmm. the, 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 the 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 culture of exhortation you lose the culture of of encouragement whenever you whenever you you get go off the script.
0: For and sure. so
1: that because why because white fragility and, and this is something that i that i learned that i recognized in myself is because whenever you are in a white context you learn pretty quickly about white fragility even if you don't have the language for it yeah. uh, of what white fragility is you learn pretty quickly that white people get really really super defensive if there's even a shadow of a doubt that they could if, if you even cast any type of shadow on their racial innocence and so they will they, they they get they get so upset and like they they freak out and i really think that it's like it's like a psychological freak out it's like oh my goodness they they their their, their adrenaline kicks in their flight kicks in they get super defensive and it's and this is this, this, they, this some people even like will have meltdowns over this if Mm -hmm. you if you say like oh that was racist or that's a problem and they want to try to prove to you that they're not racist because the worst thing in the world that you can call a white person is a racist that's the Mm -hmm. worst thing that you can do to a lot of them and so especially in these contexts where they're where they're where they really are genuinely trying to be sensitive sensitive they really are genuinely trying to make some sort of progress but they don't want to but they but it's all kind of it all ends up being surface level they don't want it to be that way but they don't want to deal with the racism that's in them them. They want to treat it like it's yeah. some sort of external issue. Yeah. And so, well, we don't we don't want these issues to come into the church, not realizing that it's in the church. That if you have people, if you if you have people <laughs> And they are touched by the world in some way, and they come into the church with their with their opinions, with their with their with their training, with their with the way that they've been socialized, whatever. You can't keep it out of the church. You can no fake way. the funk and pretend like, oh, this is all good and whatever. But the only person, the only people that that helps is white people. Is it just helps white people not to feel racist? It mm. doesn't actually. It, it doesn't actually bring healing. It doesn't heal any type of divisions. But but that's like a whole other tangent, anyway. Right. So a lot of these people. A lot of this happens and it's people don't listen to people like us. People don't listen to people like Andre. They don't, they don't listen to people like Will, Gaff, like will Gaffney. They don't listen to people like Tori Glass. They don't, they don't trust the black women. They don't, they don't trust black men and black women to tell them what's true wow. because they have another black friend who will validate oh. their racial wow. alibi. So they they have other black people that that that, that collection that I talked okay. about yeah. of people. So they so that collection of people that they cuz we're always at, we're not part of that collection. We're not part and we're we're not we in that be. trophy case. We maybe so we we maybe used to be, so we, we, we yeah. used to be yes. Yeah. But but yeah. we're but we're not in. We we are no, we are no longer in the trophy case with some yeah. of those others and so they will trust the person who is their friend and I get it it's their friend they think okay well this person this person maybe is going to tell me the truth they 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 have my best interest in mind they're not going to hurt me but what they don't realize is that inherit that that there is a power differential in a lot of those relationships and so Mm. people uh, and, and some of us even that don't have the the awareness or the identity, we haven't done the work. Um, some of us who come who come from context, um, it, it's always. And I, I want to be careful how I say this, but I but I've noticed that that sometimes in these contexts, it's usually people who are married interracially um Mm -hmm. it's especially sometimes it it, it can even and especially be men but but men but to be fair men are the ones who tend to be married interracially more than than women are of of any race and Mm so it's you but it's usually the person that's married to a white person which is what confounds a lot of people um on me is because i'm married to a white person i'm like oh no listen listen white people this is what we're going to do today. But so, so, but so a lot of people. So a lot of people think that they that they can pull me in on that because oh she's married to a white man she's 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 a safe Negro and then it's like oh oh no no oh oh no oh no oh no she's too radical oh Jesus get, get get her out of here get her out get her out of here but or it's people it's people that have some sort of proximity to whiteness so sometimes that's yeah. people who are transracial yeah. adoptees sometimes it's people who are biracial biracial people get get tokenized and get there's pull on both on from from both sides from the black side and the white side on this but i feel like that the biracial people experience a particularly insidious form of abuse in in some of these contexts because it's pitting themselves like like it's, it's like okay you're pitting me against my spouse whatever i don't care like like i love him he's like like, like, he's okay i'll tell him he's racist too like i've done it before like ben that's racist like like homie that was racist check yourself like the end And and it's like oh yeah okay i can i can see where that was a problem where what i just said was a problem my bad and he fixes it and it's okay um but so but but like i mean you can't you can't pit me against my spouse but you're pitting a person against themselves so they're full. A person who is fully black and who is fully white, pitting them against themselves and making them choose. So, there's, so there's a, a particularly insidious type of abuse that happens to biracial people in these settings. But it's but it's always somebody who has some sort of proximity to whiteness that that they're black. But they're not too black, so I can pull this person in, and they'll validate me because they're because they are always going to believe in my innocence as a white person. And so sometimes it be your own folks, and yeah, well, for sure. we for could sure. we could talk about all of the because I talk about the proximity to whiteness and all the whatever. And that's not to and, and I don't want to be like, well, you know, yes, black people are responsible for opp- or, of oppressing black people um, because there's a whole lot of the reasons why some of those things happen to um, all those situations I named, there's a reason, like there's a reason for some of that and why some of those dynamics exist and that that could be unpacked. But I think that that at the end of the day, what I will say is that the power dynamic in a lot of these spaces is, is it's pitting black people against black people. Sure. And so it was pitting black and brown people against one another, and it's almost like this weird kind of like Hunger Games kind of thing for like white validation, for white attention, for whatever. Because a lot of times, even in these spaces, like you, like your church is like that. A lot of churches are very locally and and self focused and, I, and in yeah. some ways I think that, that, that that's good but for some people it's like this is all that exists and this yeah. is like all there is to my Christianity is this local yes. church and yes. oh my gosh if I don't get the position if I don't have the the prestige and the notoriety and whatever then like in my social group then like I don't know what to do with myself and so yeah. it's just like this weird like that's horrible but it's just like this 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 weird dynamic that happens so that that's probably a super duper unpopular opinion but I think that sometimes that sometimes it be your own folks. It's and an so incredible
0: it's- theory, and I I don't, I don't disagree with it. I've seen I've seen it happen, and it's always been the case that Black folks have participated in our own oppression by you know our proximity to white supremacy and and the rewards that some of us will receive from it, like the pats on the back, the the promotions, the jobs, the 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 salaries that come from being the token Black person on a staff at a church or within an organization that you're rewarded for it for so long that you start to weigh the 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 the. I see my people struggling with the, but I got to feed my family, you know. So you kind of have that tension. And, and I don't know about you, but I've literally had people throughout my journey going, Corey, I used the term earlier, and I hate when people. I hate when Black folks use this term to describe other Black folks. Radical. That that you're mm-hmm. radical well. for saying things that are true about America's institutional racism that has absolutely crept its way into the church. I shouldn't even, cre- I shouldn't even say crept its way into the mm-hmm. church. Churches were founded on this because America it's was founded on church. this. Well, it's been there. Well. It's not like it's new. So when you start saying these things and, and black folks are calling you radical, it, that's always disturbed me more than any white person who thinks I'm radical because it's like, okay, I understand. Like whiteness makes you believe I'm radical. That's fine. But when I encounter black folks that are like, literally calling i I've had someone literally call me the radical, and I'm like i'm not sure what I said that was so radical was like the right the, it's it, the idea that like black folks shouldn't be shot by police that's a radical idea okay I, 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 all right okay all right that's right. that's that's <laughs> radical now it's it's it is it's an amazing thing and i I don't think the theory is is off base at all I, I think it's something that is really important for us to take note of. Let me ask you uh, a quick question before we wrap because as we identify all these things that are issues that, that prevent us from moving forward when it comes to uh, justice and the full liberation of people of color uh, in America, I get this question all the time. I don't necessarily love it, but I do speak to it. What is it that we would say we are asking for the white evangelical or white evangelical people in our lives to change? Like, what are we asking of them? What, and I know, I know, in my context, what I've said about that, what I'm asking you to do, and I've articulated it so that I don't have to say it again, so you don't have to keep asking me. But like, what is it that you would say if they said, "Well, Allie, what do you want us to do?" What is it that you would say?
1: Trust black people.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think
1: it's that. I think it's that simple. Is yeah. trust us to be able to tell our own stories. To be Mm -hmm. able to name the things that are happening to us and to be able to do so accurately trust us to be accurate narrators of our own existence because what whiteness does is whiteness is super paternalistic it's like it's like i I have a five-year-old and so there are times whenever my five-year-old will say things and it's like okay that's not true And I'm like, she'll, she'll come up with like these ideas about what things are. And it's like, okay, but, but actually, no, it wasn't like magic that this happened here. Let me, let me explain how the world mm. works to you, mm. and but but I try to do so in a way that honors her imagination and that honors mm. her experience and the things that she perceives with her eyes. So I try to do it in a way that isn't like, oh, I know everything and you don't, but also mm-hmm. like, no, mm. like something just didn't like magically appear. Like there's like I put that there. Um, so 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 there's a little <laughs> bit of a balance that that has to happen. But there, but there are times whenever I have to kind of help my five-year-old be able to understand the world around her. Mm. But I I've, but I've do that my five-year-old is actually almost six and I find myself doing that A little bit less at times because she because she knows how the world works and there's hopefully going to be a point in her life where I don't have to sit and try to tell her how the world works in like these kind of basic just kind of ways where I can listen to her and be able to trust how she experiences stuff and her telling stuff and whatever like I always tell my my five year old you I I trust you but I'm also going to verify the story with your dad Mm. because she'll be like oh daddy (laughs) said that I can have candy and I'm like okay I like I believe you but also um let me go and make sure that that was right right right, right, so white people do that to black people do that to fully grown fully formed black people Mm. and it and so whenever we say that there's racism it's like oh okay but like i don't really think that it's racism and so are you sure that it was racism okay let me get let me go and ask my black friend about Mm. this and let me let me go and like well well, let me go and and ask another white person like did let me go ask the person did they really mean to be racist whenever they did this rather than trusting us to be able to Mm, interpret what we see and to be able to narrate our lives white people want to jump in and say, well, this is what happened. I have that happen to me so many times. It's something that actually like really, really aggravates me. It's like, don't tell me what, I, I've had church leaders do this to me. It's like, don't tell me what I've seen and heard. Don't tell me why my life is the way that it is. You don't know me like that.
0: Exactly.
1: Let me, let me tell it. Mm-hmm. Let me tell the experience because you don't know because you weren't there and so like like you don't know because you don't have this experience you don't see the world this way so you can disagree with me even though there's some things it's like how do you disagree with something something just exists exactly like but 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 anyway but but let's just say that some things we can disagree on even though i even though i think that that notion is frivolous in a lot of ways but it's trusting us because they fundamentally don't they fundamentally want to be they fundamentally i i it's very rare that I've encountered white people who whenever you tell them, hey, something was racist, that they believe you. Like that mm-hmm. they that they just yeah. believe you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that I've 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 had that happen a handful of times where I've told somebody, hey, this thing happened and it was racist. And they were outside of my husband because my husband believes me. He might ask right. you know, some questions like, "Okay, right, right, but right. can you can you help me?" Um, right. uh, like, like I believe you that this felt, but can you but can you explain like what the context yeah, of that is? Yeah, yeah. But outside of him, it's been very few people that I've been I, and I've been I've been astounded. I, I have a mentor who's a, who's a white lady who there was something that happened. Um, I was interning at her church and I told her something happened, and she was just like, "Okay," and I was like. I don't, I don't you, have to you, prove you're not to
0: you. You were, you were prepared right. to give but all I this. Didn't, I didn't uh, know what yeah. to do, and, yeah. and she
1: even and what was and what and the part about it too that was even like I just I just had to tell her I don't even know what to do with this. Something had happened. Um, we we had talked about it whenever it had happened. She believed me, and I was like, I don't. I don't have to prove this to you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so then wow. she was, so then she scheduled a meeting for us to just sit down so I could talk about it and process it. And she's wow. just like, I just want to hold space for you because I know this was terrible. That's
0: so good.
1: And I looked at her and I just started crying. I was yeah. just like, I was just, and, and I can't remember, like, if I, I can't remember exactly. There was a question that she asked me. I just started crying and I was just like, nobody has ever asked me this before. I've been mm. I've been in men, I've been serving in churches for you know 15 years and I have never had a white leader open up this space for me, hold the space for me in this way, let alone like actually care and actually want to wow. know exactly what they can do. This is this has never happened. I've never I've never not had to argue with people. Man. Because usually it's at the end of the day, they'll come to the conclusion, but usually it's, I've got to like argue with you and I've got to, pre- and I feel like I'm in court and I've got to present yeah. evidence yeah. and I've got, and I've got to show beyond reasonable doubt that what somebody said or somebody did or this event or this whatever was racist right. to just be believed because you are, a, a, you are a credible person. Like, exactly. That, like, you're not a credible black person. You're like, you're a black person, but you're credible. Like, you're like, not not, like you're a black person, but you're credible. I said this wrong. Like, you're a black person, and you are also fully valid and fully credible as a person. And I don't need to, to like, check up on you because yes. i believe you because because i trust you and know you and it's not like you know with my five-year-old that that likes candy it will just take candy exactly. and we'll just start eating exactly. it like like i believe you that you're that, that this is like if you say this because you're this a, is you're monality. a fully
0: grown-ass black woman
1: exactly who knows
0: how to articulate their experience and I, I love that the space was made i love that you kept saying space the space was made for you to process because when something happens in our lives, speaking of people of color, speaking of women, speaking of of people from the LGBTQ community, and and Mm -hmm. we wanna come forward and say, I had this experience. Oftentimes we don't say that because there's so many barriers, so many, it's so much red tape, so many applications you gotta fill out to be able to say that something was racist. You gotta fill out this application, you gotta do a swab your mouth, give a sample of blood and run your credit check, all this kind of stuff just for you to say, that thing you
1: said—does
0: well, anybody see Pills. it? Pills. Bring seventeen witnesses, not, not no less than seventeen, and it's just such a taxing ordeal that you just it walk is. away with the emotional baggage and the heaviness, and then people look at you and go, "Why are you so mad?" Well, right. number one, something happened that I deserved to be mad over. And number two, I was not given the space to process it. So, Ali, that mm-hmm. is such, you're, I, I knew this was going to happen, that you were going to have so many profound things to say that this podcast would be eight, 11 hours long, which I'm fine with, because this was <laughs> so great. So great. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on. What is going on Thank with you, you. now? I know, you're, I know you're in school at, at Fuller Theological Seminary, but what, where can people um, keep up with you, find out what's going on in your life? Like, tell us how to stay in touch with you
1: yeah so um my website alihenny.com um that has I feel like that that has a a pretty good like way to kind of connect with some of the stuff that I'm doing I'm due for an update to kind of get some different feeds um and stuff on there so that could be kind of like the one-stop shop um then there's my blog thearmchaircommentary.com, that I know for sure that that is where like you can get connected to all of my social media I can't remember if it's up on my personal website yet or not um but then I'm also on Facebook I have um a daily post it's just my name Allie Henney it's a it's a public page Um, I I have a have a a decent amount of followers there and I and I post daily sometimes uh, multiple times a day Um, then I'm on Twitter as the armchair com and so I tweet I just am kind of it's I don't know it's 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 a lot of stuff there um my my Twitter is is an amalgamation of stuff and then uh I'm also on Instagram as Ali Henny, and so you can um see sometimes you get to get to see pictures of uh, some some of the stuff that I'm just kind of doing in in my life I, I post some I post screenshots and stuff of of things that I that I type up people uh make will make like graphics and memes and stuff of some of the things that I've that I've said um but then you also kind of get a, get a personal look at, at, yeah. at Allie's life a little bit. So it's my Instagram, um, is a little, is a little bit personal a little bit more, a little bit more personal, a little bit more, just kind of, I don't know, kind of like the lounge or whatever. And yeah. then, um, I'm also on Patreon, um, once again, just my, just my name. And so, um, I try to, to post stuff, uh, for, for my, for my supporters and stuff on Patreon. So if there's a way that you would want to be able to, um, support, my work uh for as little as like two dollars a month like you know you can you can help uh support my work um then there's also my podcast which hopefully will be coming back in february of 2020 i have uh one season i've been a little bit sick so i've not been able to record new new episodes (laughs) um i was at my uh my podcast was supposed to premiere this week we were going to try to do a season two premiere this week but i haven't recorded the episode that we were going to premiere with because i've been sick and yeah. my kids have been sick and it's just been a whole big old thing but i think it should show up again in february but uh for season one of combing the roots is pretty much wherever you get your podcasts but i think that the main uh places are uh itunes or excuse me apple podcasts um spotify and google podcasts. So word.
0: Yeah, um, word. Well, I'm Allie, thank you. Thank you so much. This has just been such a great conversation. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, thank look you forward- so much. Yeah. We look forward. Thank to you so much for you.
1: having me. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Woo, boy. <laughs> Allie. Oh my God. Allie, thank you so much for being on this episode uh, gosh what an incredible conversation i, I wish we could have kept talking and we did keep talking actually after i stopped recording but um man uh, i hopefully ali you'll come back on the program the program wish back. come back on the podcast thank you so much for all of you who listen thank you to comfort fit for the music uh, i would like to encourage you to go to the show notes so you can stay in touch with myself and ali find out what's going on in the world of justice, faith, and culture. And lastly, I want to thank you for contending for a better world with us, one conversation at a time.